0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey Podcast with your host, Emma Daughter.
1: Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio today with a good friend and co-worker. It's Mr. Wes Butler.
0: Hello, Emma. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. It's good to have you back. You did a takeover But now I'm here with you, which is much more fun.
0: It's so much more fun with you. Uh,
1: Wes, I would love to give you the opportunity to share how you came to know the Lord and then fast forward what's going on in your life today.
0: Yeah. So uh, I was blessed to grow up in a great Christian home. Both my parents came to know the Lord. Uh, before I was born, which meant that I was introduced to Jesus at an early age. I tell people I've never known a day that I didn't know who Jesus was mm. and didn't believe He was my hero. And uh, and so I uh, came to understand my need for a Savior at an early age, knelt beside my parents' bed, walked the aisle in a good Southern Baptist church that I grew up in, and, uh, and really, uh, by God's grace, really have not ever strayed from that faith and that conviction. That's and awesome. the Lord has allowed me to, to grow and get to do a lot of fun things in ministry as a result. And certainly bumps along the way as we all have. But today I get to lead in ministry here at Watermark. I've been on staff since 2004. So coming up on 19 years okay. of being here and just seeing what God has done, gotten to play a lot of different roles. But uh, today I get to lead our pastoral care ministry, which means I oversee all the ministry at Watermark that nobody puts on their 10-year plan. These are the the <laughs> yeah. moments that people really come to a place of crisis and hurt and pain, and we get to meet them in the midst of the darkness and to uh, point them to the light. And so I love getting to do what I do. And, Y'all do um, it well. Well, thank you, friend. You're I appreciate okay. that. You're so, okay. yeah. So my wife, Brandy, and I've been married 26 years almost, and I've uh, been around here since 2002, and, and uh, four amazing kiddos that We're just having a blast. so
1: I love it. I mean, you guys are a blessing to our church, no doubt. I also have to acknowledge, I've never felt like my voice sounds higher
0: than than
1: interviewing you was. I love it. That's great. I love it. Well, we are in numbers 2415 through numbers 25, and I'm going to let you just take it away.
0: Okay, well, thank you for this easy passage. That You're we get so to welcome. Dive into, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, uh, there's. I, I love this book. The Book of Numbers uh, is so rich with just it, it moves relatively quickly when you kind of get past the census, and so here we are. We've just had this strange interaction with Balaam and Balak, and the curses and the blessings, and what's God going to do? And the talking donkey, and now all that is passed. Balaam kind of issues his last little salvo there at the end, right. and then here we are. And the people of God, it's ironic that, um, you know, Balak was trying to get Balaam to curse the people. And yet, let's just be honest, we don't need a whole lot of help as uh, just human beings and making a mess of things. And that's kind of what you see happening here in uh, chapter 25, is that the people of God begin to, as the scriptures say, prostitute themselves after the, the gods of Moab, and they get drawn off sides, if you will. They're just kind of pulled into the same practices that they're seeing. And so this plague breaks out where uh, we see that at the end of it, there's 24,000 people who lose their lives to this crazy thing that is going on as the people just chase after these false prophets. Now, I think it's really important for us as we look at this, just to acknowledge that God had not been silent here right? That Mm -hmm. what is happening here in Numbers is exactly what God had warned them against, what he had given them instruction against. This is not a God who is just kind of, um, man, oops, I forgot to tell you guys, by the way, don't go after those false gods.
1: It shouldn't be a surprise.
0: It shouldn't be a surprise. And I know we skipped over Leviticus in the journey, but the people Mm -hmm. of Israel had not skipped over the (laughs) book of Leviticus. They
1: spent a lot of time there.
0: (laughs) Yes. And so they knew that there were consequences for Mm -hmm. rebelling against God. And yet, they did. And so I think it's easy for us and it's interesting and probably even telling in our own hearts how often we might read this passage and where our questions go is man how could God do that? How could he kill 24,000 people? And yet if I could be so bold I would just say it's actually a better question for us to ask how is it that God didn't just completely wipe them all out? Right. Because yeah, that's good. One. Their sin This was the penalty for their sin. And they are literally outright rebelling against God. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that God issued the plague was God just being faithful to his word to let them know, hey, this is the punishment that comes when you chase after false gods. And then we see this amazing moment that's, again, kind of awkward, where this man, Phineas, uh, is this priest who sees the sin that is happening. And he says, look, we cannot allow that sin to go on in the camp. And so he goes so far as to literally take these two individuals and to carry out this death sentence on them in a way that is rather dramatic. And we won't get into all the gory details. You can
1: go read it for yourself. You can
0: read it for yourself. Uh, we don't have to tell you to not have your kids around as you listen to the yeah, podcast there we today. Go. Um, but, but we just see this faithful man of God. And so what's Phineas doing? Well, what Phineas is doing is, frankly, what I need to do in my own life when sin uh, is beginning to plague me, right? That I need to, as John Owen said, I need to be killing sin in my life or sin will be killing me. That's right. And so that's really what we're seeing in this passage is just this illustration of the the darkness and the effects of sin and rebellion against God. And, uh, and so I, I love that we have this faithful man of God that uh, takes matters into his own hands, who says, look, I'm not just gonna stand by as frankly, more people would die if he just continued to allow this to go on, but I'm going to do what God has called me to do and to be faithful in my role as the priest here to offer a sacrifice in this case. Uh, And so the scriptures make it clear, Emma, like without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so the, the last thing that I do want to point out is that as much as I love, and, and even my Bible, the heading is the zeal of Phineas, we love this man who is zealous for the holiness of God, which is why he went and and dealt with sin the way he did. Mm-hmm. And yet Phineas is not the great high priest. Right. Jesus is our great high priest. And what I hope that our hearts are drawn to as we see this is that we're drawn to a better high priest in Jesus a high priest who didn't just say, hey, give me that spirit and let me go attack those who are in sin, but who rather stood between the wrath of God and the sinner and said, hey, God, take me instead. So that, that's what Jesus did for us is not that uh, sin didn't deserve death, not that sin didn't require the shedding of blood. Jesus acknowledged, hey, yes, sin requires the shedding of blood, but Father, what if you shed my blood instead of theirs? And so that's what our great high priest has done. So I love, um, there's a a great book called Death by Living by uh, a man named Indy Wilson.
1: I've never heard of it.
0: And uh, he wrote this great passage talking about what Jesus would have done had he stood in the garden. And uh, had he been, had Adam been the Adam that he was supposed to have been, right? We understand that Jesus is the second Adam. Right. And so Jesus acting as Adam, here's what Indy Wilson writes. He says Adam would not have been this well behaved, uh, you know, kind of teenager, you know, Southern Baptist like me, right? (laughs) But instead, in that moment, he would have looked at Eve, seen her curse, seen her enemy, and gone after that serpent with pure and righteous wrath. He would have then turned to face the pure and righteous wrath of God himself that Adam had just imaged, and he would have said something quite simple, something that would be said by another thousands of years later take me instead. Adam could have been conqueror rather than conquered, regardless, fallen or unfallen, he was born to die. And that's what Jesus came. He goes, look, I was born to die. I was born to take the wrath and the penalty of sin. And so while Phineas did exactly what he needed to do with all of his limitations as a sinful high priest, the sinless high priest, Did the exact opposite, and that rather than enacting wrath on the sinful, he said, Hey, I will take the wrath upon myself so that they might be forgiven, so that they might be spared. And so we see in Second Peter, right, just this idea that right now we are living among sinners who are under that curse, under the wrath that Mm -hmm. is to come. And yet, as much as we long for Jesus to come back and make all things new and beautiful again, what we know is that he's not slow, as some count slowness, but he's patient, not willing that any of these should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why? Because Jesus had paid their price. He's taken their place. And so that's the confidence. So I love this passage for that reason.
1: It's so good, Wes. Thank you for sharing. I, that blessed me. What is the name of that book again?
0: So it's called Death by Living.
1: Death by Living. By
0: N.D. Wilson.
1: N.D. Wilson. We'll see if we can uh, put that in the episode description because I want, I don't know, I want to look into it. Yeah,
0: it's a great read.
1: Thanks for the recommendation. Wes, any final thoughts or you feel good? We have about... Sixty seconds.
0: <laughs> well, listen, I, I, you know, I just think I know we're, we love being on this journey, reading God's word together, and I hope that as you read God's word, we do what our faithful friend we're we're just days after uh, Tim Keller passed mm-hmm. away, and Keller, one of the great gifts that he gave to the church was that he continually pointed all of his teaching, all of his Bible reading back to the person of Jesus, and so we can see the person of Christ in almost every page of the Scripture. Right. And so just for our listeners, as you guys continue to make your way through the journey, continue to look for, man, where do I find Jesus in this story? Mm -hmm. Where do I long for Jesus to show up in this story? Because there's so much of the darkness that we come into in books like The Judges or whatever. We're like, oh, man, these guys really need a savior. And so, even the absence of him, let that draw your heart to a deeper affection Mm. for the Savior who's rescued you and saved you from your sins.
1: So good, Wes. Thank you for being here. And as always, I'm so glad we're all in this journey reading the Bible together.
0: Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast?